Views and opinions expressed on this show are entirely those of the host, guests, and callers who are entirely responsible for all show content and do not reflect the opinions of WNJHradio.com. This program is not intended to diagnose any condition or promote any lifestyle. And now, WNJHradio.com presents The Carpenter's Son with Pastor Vince Lombardo from Calvary Chapel Church in Hamilton. Thank you for joining us. It is good to have you with us. Uh, we are uh, excited to have a wonderful show this evening. My son brought up some scripture from Second Peter chapter 1, and uh, these two guys here tonight said they want to take an opportunity to tell you what it really says. So, <laughs> no. so I hope my son is listening, because <laughs> no. the, nice. the no. challenge has been brought, the gauntlet no. has been that challenge is brought listen, only by your father. The gauntlet <laughs> has been thrown. See, talk to him later. Will you join us for a word of prayer? Father, forgive <clears throat> for your glory, we uh, we have an opportunity. We want to look to your word. We want to speak the truth of it, and we want to bring glory to Jesus Christ as a result. So be pleased with us, and we ask it in his glorious name. Amen. amen. Uh, right out of the gate, I want you guys to know that you can call us at area code 609-593-9654. You heard the announcer, and the announcer said that the views expressed, those of the host, the guests, and the callers and participants, which means we'd love to have callers and participants. So feel free to call in with your question, with your you must do that to participate. kind comment. Yes, calls are appreciated. Uh, Rick. And or a prayer request. Feel free to do just that. We'd love to have you tune in. So our topic this week is going to be a continuation of uh, Peter's second letter. And in 2 Peter chapter 1, we're going to read verses 1 to 8. So we're going to take a moment to turn there. And not only turn there, but I have to put on my glasses. I thought sec- it was 5 to 11. It's, it's well, 5, five to, to 11, but I'm going to read 1 to 8, and, and one then we're going to go from there. Then, okay. So here we are. Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Lord of Jesus our Lord, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that though that excuse me, though Through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. For if these things are yours and abound... You'll be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we'll get on and read verses 9, 10, and 11, just because we are going to get there. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted, even the blindness, and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sin. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. For so an an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. What a wonderful section of Scripture. Mm -hmm. Now, I know there was some discussion last week because uh, we talked uh, about—actually, you guys talked about 
adding to your faith virtue, adding to your life these things. So why don't you give me just a simple recap of what you guys discussed last week, and we'll springboard from there. Well, when when we went through it, one leads to the to the other. It it is a process um, through diligence and concentration on what needs to be done. You you add to your faith, and faith is the beginning of your of your walk. It is by faith that you're saved. So from the saving faith, okay, you, it leads to virtue. And the virtue is the expression of your faith as you, as you walk it out in the world. So what is your definition or working definition of virtue? Virtue is the, the character of godliness um, in your external actions caused by your internal faith to stay in the in your uh, you know what? I'd really like that that definition I'm gonna try to get a recording of this and steal that one because I like that definition <laughs> I That's told good. you when I first came to the church you can steal anything that God puts into my head there you go. it ain't mine <laughs> so anyway so we have we have added to our faith virtue and one of the things that I had been discussing and I was discussing it with my son you know we we talk, we get along, which is really nice, you know. Uh, it's great when you have a son who's now been married, has two children, loves the Lord passionately, is serving the Lord consistently, is looking to not only make his home better, his person and his personal walk with the Lord better, but to invest in others, you know, overseeing the youth group and uh, leading worship on Sunday mornings. Equally yoked. Oh, my goodness. He has a wonderful wife, and uh, their family is just going to grow and, I believe, set the world on fire. It's great to have that. The discussions that we have are so deep because you can discuss so many different areas. One of the areas is we can look at Second Peter chapter 1, and we can look at it, and I can hear what God has said to him and what he shared last week. And I really enjoyed the program last week because he talks fast. He's much quicker than I am. And uh, sometimes, as, as Joe Montabano said, he talks really, really fast. You might have to put a, like a roadblock in front of him to slow him down a little bit, but uh, because he just keeps going from one point to the other, he just there's so much he wants to convey. And when you look at the section of scripture, he said you have to add to your faith. It's a it's necessity to have to do this personally to make the choice to be able to grow. And 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 I asked him today. We were having discussion concerning this. And he said, what are you talking about tonight? And I said, well, I have other topics, but I wanted to continue that one. And he said, well, this is what we talked about. When it says in there to add to your faith virtue, I, and then let me find it in my Bible again. <clears throat> in verse 5 of Second Peter 1, but also for this very reason. And what's the reason? You've been given exceedingly great and precious promises that you may have that through these you may partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So all the things that we worry about, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, those are things that, that we lust have. Of the flesh. The lust of the flesh. The lust of the eyes, thank you. The lust of the eyes and pride of life. Those are things that have stumbled people for 6,000 years. Started with Adam and Eve. 
Starting with Adam and Eve. Same game plan. All the time. Yeah, the enemy never has to change the game plan when it works. Yeah. So, I mean, look, just for you guys who are Super Bowl fans, they are using some of the same plays since I was a kid because they work <laughs> and they're effective. If the enemy knows this works, they're not going to change it too much. They might put a little new spin on it, but it's the same because it works. Can I ask you a question? Go ahead. Being, having been in the police department, they say most crimes can be boiled down to those three things. And by the way, the most obvious answer is usually the correct answer. It's usually not as far away as you think, especially when the heart is involved or passion is involved. When people are passionate, they really do not plan or focus well. They act the way that you would expect them to act, and then it's fairly easy to see. They, they turn just into children again. And when your children wants a donut and you've told them, no, you can't have a donut, and they think they can get away with it, and then they've got this powdered donut dust all over their hands and their face, and the they I mean they they will go to great lengths. They will take the the tables and chairs and the little stools in the kitchen and build a suspension bridge to get up to the top of the refrigerator, as a comedian once said. They'll build a veritable suspension bridge to get up there to get that cookie that you told them you they couldn't have, and then it's all literally all over their face. And then you look at them and you say, "Did you eat the cookie?" And they're like, no. no. What? <laughs> Did you eat the donut? You got white powder all over your face. So we have to be careful when we're talking with people that we don't ask that question because it always pushes them into a corner. So we have to ask them other questions. So did you enjoy that cookie? Yeah. <laughs> you can ask that question. Yeah. They knew they weren't supposed to do it. So like when, you know, Joe Bag of Donuts enters into a willful sin of choice and everybody knows it and you have a chance to talk to him you don't want to say to him did you do that because you know he did that everybody knows he did that he's wearing all the marks of it all over his face so you have to ask something else that's going to cause him to add to his faith virtue to add perseverance to grow in his confident hope of his blessed redeemer you don't want to shred the guy the guy's you know, come in, in your circles and you have an opportunity to minister to him. What do you do? You have to ask something like this. Dr. Phil puts it this way. How's that working out for you? Yeah. <laughs> we would just ask the question a different, a different way. Did you enjoy that cookie? Well, you know, for a minute. Yeah. But now what? Now uh, there are consequences as a result mm -hmm. of that cookie that I ate. And they're not quite so fun. I know. And then they give you all the, well, God will get me through it. But at least they've opened up. You know, mm -hmm. you haven't shut them down. But all, all the, uh, and by the way, nothing has changed in thousands of years. When you read here in Second Peter chapter 1, in the very first verse, Simon Peter says, I'm a bondservant and an apostle of Jesus Christ. That means, we look and we say, the guy's an apostle. That is a big deal. And Make no mistake, it is a big deal. It's a high calling, but it is a terribly burdensome, submissive ministry. And he was burdened, and eventually it cost him his life. 
He did not have an easy road, and everything he did was painful, and everywhere he went, uh, it was hard. It was hard everywhere he went. Uh, And he writes to like-minded individual who are, when he uses the word the dispersed, uh, what he means are all the political refugees, all the religious refugees. You've been kicked out of every country, and if they caught you, they would sentence you to death. They would throw you in the uh, arena to fight with either for sport to the death or as a gladiator or uh, did I what did I say for the first one? Put you to death or make you fight mm-hmm. or make you a slave. Yeah. They, yeah. You know, there, were, there was no alternative to it. There wasn't a, oh, well, you know, they're... Yeah. We'll give you a warning. They're people of the book, so we're going to let them go. No, it's, hey, you're fair game. I have a choice. I can do what I want with it. It's another human being, and you have the law of the land says you can do what you want with them. They're like, hey, I've got an arena over here. Let me put them in there for sport. Or you know what? I got somebody who will give me money for you. And I could sell you as a slave or use you as a slave. It's very, very you know, terrible. You said it on Sunday about Peter and the little girl when he was questioned. Yeah. And here's the man that Jesus said, I'd build my rock, I'd build my church on. And he denied him. You spoke about that on Sunday really well. Yeah, here's a man that Peter, who, well, Paul is the one who said, I am ready. And I started looking for other examples of men who were really ready, and there are very few who really were ready. Peter said, I am ready, and he really wasn't. Peter said, I am ready. I'm ready to die with you. I'm ready to go to Jerusalem. Let's go. I'm ready to die with you. Let's go. And then when push came to shove, Peter uh-huh. wasn't even— Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, let's it go. It went from let's go to oh, no. <laughs> yeah. I don't know the man. He denied him. I mean, that's a big deal. Uh, and now— under the persecution, he's now he's ready, but he doesn't stand up and say, now I'm ready. Now he says, I'm Simon Peter. Because everybody looks at him and says, oh, Peter's coming. <gasps> the apostle Peter is coming. He said, let me tell you where I came from. I'm Simon. God called me Peter. Jesus himself named me Peter. But you know, sometimes I don't feel like that solid rock. Sometimes I still feel like that Simon the one who is the denier of Jesus, the one who's filled with pride and arrogance. Sometimes I need to remember that I need to be put into my place. And here I am, an apostle. That's right, you're an apostle. That simply means I'm a messenger. I'm called to carry the news, and I'm carrying this news to you. And what news is he carrying to him? He said, you have everything you need to be able to have a faithful, abundant life, even in the midst of your terrible circumstances. The first words out of his mouth in verse 2, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Oh, my goodness. Grace and peace be multiplied to you. Paul writes to all of his apostles. What does he write? Grace and peace. Grace and peace to you. But grace and peace to a church that's newly formed. Grace and peace to you. By the way, you don't have peace with God without the grace of God. So God said grace comes first. And the grace is the forgiveness. It's, it's getting what we don't deserve. Mercy is not getting what we do deserve. So let's get mercy, grace, and peace squared away. Mercy is not getting what we deserve. If you're driving down the road and you're exceeding the speed limit and a police officer pulls you over, you deserve a ticket. If he does not give you a ticket, that is mercy. Mm-hmm. 
if he gives you his donut, <laughs> that is grace. That's, you can remember that that way. If he gives you something you do not deserve, you don't deserve that. That's grace. And God gives you grace. But the problem is that we're still subject to the law. Now, had you not been breaking the law, you would have had peace with God. But since we are all by our very nature lawbreakers, God said, you don't have to live in fear because I've paid the penalty for your lawbreaking, for your sin, and you now don't get what you deserve, and you get what you don't deserve, and now grace and peace get multiplied to you. Because God says, I want you to not only believe this and enjoy it, but extend it to other people, mm-hmm. which is the point of verse multi- 5. Multi- multiplication. That's right, multiplication. When you get to verse 5, and that was the core of last week, let me turn there, but also for this very reason, give all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge. And it's interesting. We are commanded to add to our faith virtue. To add to our faith. Our faith is a great beginning. God has given us faith. By grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So God gives us faith, and we then take this faith and we add to it virtue. Well, and he I, gives us the faith, but he does not plant the virtue. He does not plant anything right. after that. It's something that the diligence has to come in our intentional effort to. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You right. need effort. Inten- you, yeah, it has to be a... Intentional. So what's the okay. intentional effort for? The intentional effort is to build your 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 virtue, to build your faith, to build your belief, to build... Um, it, it, it's progressive right. building right. for effectiveness. Mm-hmm. That's the second one. So you're, you're building it for yourself. You add to your faith virtue. And what are the rest of it? Because there are several things in there. To your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge. To knowledge, self-control. Self-control, perseverance. Perseverance, godliness. Godliness, brotherly kindness. And brotherly kindness, love. Now so, look at what he says. Go ahead. So so the knowledge is, isn't just information. Right. Knowledge is wisdom. Okay. The type of knowledge that they're talking about here so if you read it and and to to your uh uh where where are we verse six verse six verse five and six add to your virtue knowledge and then to knowledge self-knowledge so say virtue or godliness add wisdom and that's knowledge and understanding in action and by experience. And by experience. It's the word genosis. So yeah. I had to the look knowledge, it up to see what the, the knowledge word is. is the knowledge of, of God, the, the not, knowledge right. of knowing of knowing Correct. who your faith is in and what it's in for. Well, did I say that correctly? Well, what we your faith is for, what your faith is, is in, in is in Jesus. And the so word. The, the knowledge of what Jesus done has done. And because the for this very reason, I mean let, let's let's cut right to the point. We've escaped the corruption that is in the world. 
that comes about through lust, according to verse 4, because we are partakers of the divine nature. So how do we overcome the problems in the world? Well, the knowledge of Jesus Christ, the depth of understanding of Jesus Christ. So for this very reason, give all diligence, add to your faith, virtue to virtue, knowledge, then to knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. So what does he say? If you break it down, you are not fit to love until you have your faith, added to your faith, virtue, add to your virtue, knowledge, and this is knowledge by experience, add to your knowledge, self-control, add to your self-control, perseverance, add to perseverance, godliness, add to godliness, brotherly kindness, and then to brotherly kindness, love. So he says, as you start adding these things, but we, we jump right from, man, I am saved, I have faith, I'm now a lover of people, and I want to love my family into the kingdom, and I want to love my brother, and I want to love this one, and why don't they respond? Why doesn't my loved one, why don't my children love God the way that I would want to love him? Why don't my coworkers? I've now been new man because well, of the you know, faith that God has given me, and I just want to love him. Not to jump ahead, but in verse 8, it says about abounding. And abounding is people need to see something in your walk. If they don't, if you don't grow like this is telling us to grow, once you know Jesus Christ is your Savior, and you have to grow in the virtue and the knowledge, right? And all these things that are listed, the next verse says about abounding. In other words, let it be, let it be obvious. Let people see I your walk. I love that. Right? Let it be obvious. And if people don't see your walk, if you're just talking, trying to talk, like we said before, it was, uh, if your walk isn't right. Your mouth is going to be worse. It's your mouth, your witness is going to be weak. You know, people always look at what you do and, you know, they'll do 50%, 50% what you do right and 100% what you do wrong. So if you're not walking the walk, you're only talking the talk, but you're not walking it. If you're not abounding in what we're talking about in the first few chapters. Because we're trying to communicate with people. We're trying to get it across to them. But sometimes our walk is weak. Right. And if our walk is weak, we make up for that lack of a good walk by using a lot of words. <laughs> right. And when but, we use a lot of words, but it's not backed up by the obvious testimony of our lives because we jump ahead. We're like, I love you. You need, you need what I've got. And they're like, you're not even ready to present what you've got. <laughs> and that's a lot. You're not even ready to present what you've got because you don't add to your faith virtue. And what was your definition of virtue? Uh, one's character in Christ. Yeah, that's not what you said earlier. You yeah, had a really no. good sentence. Yes. Uh, uh, the Green Book worthy? <laughs> yeah, it was Green Book, but that, that would be the summary. It's Because it uses godliness further down, and virtue is reflected in godliness in your life. So it, the godliness in your life is obvious. So a godly reflection God, of the character of God, something right. like that? Yeah, okay. I think this godliness is, is more external how you treat other people. Well, all, all you need to add to your faith virtue first. Mm -hmm. So what's the virtue? The, the, the virtue is, now I have to remember it. Vir yeah, I'm trying to remember what you said. Right? Yeah, see, that's why I asked you guys to write it down, but you both said, no, I got a good memory. No, I did I'll be, not I'll say be all right. that. <laughs> I did not I'll say that. I'll be all right. And here we are, we're 
45 minutes well, later. You think about that, but real quick, we can look at, at Peter just take his life when he denied Jesus Christ at that point. He wasn't where we're talking about now then, obviously, correct? Would you surmise that? Correct. Conclude, conclude sure. that. So he had to grow, and he was walked with Jesus for at least a couple of years, right? He walked with Jesus three for three years. He was one three of the years. early disciples. Right. So. He was one of the early ones. So he was there for the whole thing. And did he not see virtue? Sure he did. But when Peter says, this is how you're going to navigate through this world, and you have to add to your faith, because the people were probably very faithful. And lots of people are faithful. And lo- believe me, I love faithful people. But a faithful person who does not have virtue is not effective for the kingdom. A faithful person who does not have knowledge is not effective for the kingdom. A faithful person who has not added to that perseverance is not useful for the kingdom. Uh, they can be faithful, but there are a lot of faithful people who are not as useful as they can be, and consequently do not experience the joy of their salvation to the extent that God wants them to experience the fullness of joy. So when he says, when you add to your faith virtue, it's and the to your expression of your of your faith through the word, he's trying to move us from inward to outward. Yeah, because when you get saved, it's all about me. I have been saved. Not for nothing. Let's go back to your, you're pulled over by the police officer. Mm-hmm. So the kind police officer you pulls you over. Card. What's that? You don't have a business card. You don't have a business card. So the kind officer pulls you over. It's nine o'clock at night. The first thing that happens to you when you see those red lights in your mirror is now you're saying, Ugh, <laughs> I know I'm was speeding. Are all my papers in order? Is everything going to be okay? Maybe I just have a taillight out. I hope he's going to give me a break. That's what we're all hoping. I hope he's going to give me a break. And then let's just say, for instance, he does give me a break. That's terrific. And let's say beyond that, he then, you know, does something nice for me. The grace aspect of things. That's great. It's still all about me. God says, that's the way we view salvation. When we get saved, it's like, Oh, no, I've been confronted with my sin. It's like the Holy Spirit is now a police officer who's now stopped me in my tracks and said, you're a sinner and has pointed it out to me. What do I do? And he said, there's only one one way out of this. What's that? The penalty is death. Death, it can be yours or it can be his. He's already died. All you have to do is accept that as your free gift, Mm -hmm. and you go free. He's like, well, I want that. Good. And then... For the next however long of our journey in salvation, we're just busy going, I am glad I'm not going to hell. I am glad I got off the hook. I am glad he gave me a break. So I am glad I am I and it's all I. So so virtue is the is the manifestation of the realization that you've been saved. Oh, there you go. You see that? You're not going to write that down, and you're no, going to I'm forget not. it again. But we we've got this recorded, <laughs> so we got two of them that I. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah. So because it has to be exemplified. Yeah. And it if it's not exemplified, up. you're not going to have fullness of joy. You're not going to know peace in your life because there's not anybody. I mean, listen. Let's your knee-jerk reaction when, for instance, a police officer is over on the side of the road and he's running what we would call stationary radar and cars are coming over the hill at you, you really do want to just flash your lights. 
Yeah. That, that's, that's in your heart. I really want to warn him because now we're talking about a salvation issue. How much more do we want to warn them? Mm-hmm. So Peter writes them. He says, look, you're going to engage people and you need to engage people. And you are, but you're going around like, uh, I'm going to use the phrase, like infants. Because all you know is one song. Can you imagine? I just learned how to play the guitar. Want to hear my song? Sure. Want to hear it again? All right. Well, that's where we go back. Want to hear it again? (laughs) Want to hear it again? (laughs) That's where we go back to diligence. I mean, that's the word. That's a key word. I mean, that's what we're talking about i mean you're saying there's a lot what you, this the scenario you're talking about happens to a lot of christians because they i'm saved and then you know i read the bible i go to church once a week and, yeah i'm saved but it's, they don't have the depth they don't have the depth because the word diligence means to seek means right. to, to go and put effort in to take effort take action on your faith because it's all about building our faith God can't build that for us. He doesn't install all these virtues, all these different things. We have to go out and find out what it says about the things that Lord wants us to build in our faith in the Bible. That means we have to have that relationship through fellowship, through prayer and study to be diligent. It just, it just can't be. It's an action word. Well, because now, once you become saved, God wants to use you. I've used the word over and over again on Sunday morning because it's really clear, especially in our, our current lifetime you become a spectacle he wants to make us spectacular and to use us as an example and because he wants to make us a spectacle and we've just been saved if we have not added to our faith virtue we cannot represent him well if we not added to that virtue is moral excellence so we're trying to we're trying to achieve moral excellence because it said in the greek it's moral excellence you know, when you read Proverbs 31, a virtuous woman who can find... We all know what a virtuous... Who would not want the perfect wife? And in our mind, we know what a perfect wife is. So we're like, that's the woman. She's virtuous. Well, we're supposed to add that virtue to our lives and then add to that knowledge. Because just because you've been saved does not mean you fully understand or grasp by experience the depth of that salvation. You know what... Mostly you know what it's not. I'm not going to hell. Right, But you have not learned what it is, and it is a personal relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ, where He will walk with you, carry you through, guide you, use you to be able to be a minister to other people, to comfort them, to give them the courage to be able to face difficult situations. You're going to even be able to face the ultimate enemy, which is death, with great confidence, and the world needs to see that. The thing that in this passage that I noted was it didn't say diligently get faith it said diligently add to your faith well that's what this is about this isn't about getting saved this is talking to a someone after they're saved to move on with their salvation because salvation doesn't stop with within but because faith is given by god but we salvation doesn't stop with confession right we want to help people Find fullness of joy. That's been the purpose of 2022, is to help people find fullness of joy. Mm -hmm. So Peter says, I want you to know how you can find fullness of joy, and that's you have to add to your faith. And what people tend to do in churches in America is they add to their faith experience of worship. Mm -hmm. So they say, I have been saved. What makes me feel better? 
or good. good. Mm-hmm. Coming to church and worshiping God makes me feel good. That's a great first step, but it's a first, first step. step. Mm-hmm. We take baptism, and baptism has been hijacked. What's that? Hijacked. Hijacked, yeah. So <laughs> baptism is the first step of faithful obedience. Believe and be baptized. Then you're on your journey. But we've taken baptism, and it's because sometimes it seems as though it's mysterious. People are like, I don't know if I should get baptized. I'm not sure if I'm ready to get baptized. You've been coming to church for I don't know how long, and you've been raising your hands and praising God and worshiping God. Baptism should be—that base should be tagged. You're, you're looking for the home run, and your you're, first base is right there. Let's go tag that this base. This is kind of like sad when you hear people— People should be going from um, from um, from I, when you ask them if they're going to heaven, from uh, I hope so to I know so. Amen. And that's what we're talking about here. And if you don't grow in your faith, as it's talking to it, if you, as it's saying in the knowledge of Jesus Christ, the knowledge of God, and you're not growing in all these in virtue, you're not strengthening your walk. You're not showing anyone your walk. You're not out there. People don't see you. What you're spo- what you're, you're not doing. What you're supposed to be doing. You're not growing. So that's doing twofold. You're not being a good witness. You're not growing your faith where you're secure you're going to go to heaven. Yeah. I, uh, go ahead, Doc. Uncle Tony has, a, has a, a shout out from a friend of ours. He texted me as to what virtue is. Yes. He looked it up. Even though he was texting me earlier, but that's okay. All right. The word virtue has a lot of mean and means many different things, but can be taunted or disposition of a character that leads to good behavior. So it's it's a character that, li- kind of like what I said, the godliness. And that is an ex- expression of how you walk in the world. I think godliness in further back down is running the decisions that you make through that virtue and knowledge and self-control, well, that, that, that becomes get, more external. Let's get down to the 50 cent internal definition. Godliness. It's a good moral character. Let's yep. look at it. Let's put yep. it plainly because people are scratching their heads now. Yeah, well, let me look that one up. What do I got to do? What's virtual? Virtual, virtual hospital. It's no, good moral value. More um, Good moral, moral values. It's about knowing character, character mm. not doing this, not doing that. That doesn't, and that's step one a. It's simple. So add to your faith virtue. I choose to set about to have a good character. I love that. Then add to your character mm-hmm. knowledge. Why is that? Because God wants to use us. Doesn't and it all he, run in? It like all. If you start building, yeah. like you start with your your, you become saved because of Jesus Christ. It was time. Your heart was right. You got saved. Well, now you want to not want the knowledge. You want to move on to something else. You want to move on to a better moral character, a better v- virtue. And then you and say, what, what is a good, a better moral yeah. character? Well, hang, and that's knowledge. Well, hang on to that knowledge thing, because, uh, you know, as a, a newborn babe desires the milk of the word, that's what happens to a believer when you get saved. So here's what, here's what is a common scenario. A person gets saved. They come to church. The pastor preaches from the Word of God, shares an opportunity for someone to get saved, they get saved. They don't talk to the pastor, they talk to their friends, which is great. But their friends may or may not have a deep, strong 
discipleship walk to be able to disciple someone. So they can only allow people to rise to their level of understanding of the Word of God and their level of deep devotion that they have. So people come to church. They may even get saved. They ask their friends, what is it about you? Because you obviously have a walk with the Lord. You invited me to come. Isn't that great? And now we all come. And they say, I come to church because... And they give the reasons. And the first reason, it's not a bad reason, it's a great reason. It makes me feel better. I'm a child of God, and I know coming on the first day of the week and worshiping God makes me feel better because I know I'm doing what pleases Him. And I hear wonderful worship. I set my day. I start my week. I look forward to it. And the friendships and the family relationships that I have built here are invaluable. And that's great. But we don't want them to stay there. We want them to add to that. So what happens is they they feel that, and then they go back out into the world, and they have not added to their faith. They may have even added virtue. Now their character is changing, but they are not adding the depth of knowledge that they need. They're not adding the perseverance of the saint, which means to suffer under severely to uh, keep your walk even in the midst of terrible hardship and, a, and oppression to be able to, you know, to bear up under because they're, they go from, I come to worship because it makes me feel better to, I come to worship because through the week I get beat up and I come back to church and it makes me feel better again. So the, the depth of their understanding is, I want you to come with me because this is going to be good for you too. I've fallen in love with the Lord, and I come to worship him, come to worship him. The problem with that, and currently in 2022 in America, that is not the problem. The problem with that is you're relying on going back to church every week to have all of those spiritual needs met. When Peter says, you guys are dispersed, you are refugees, you can still have your spiritual needs met. You know, uh, there are two sets of tools. It's really interesting. I was uh, working at my son's house for quite a while, and there are two sets of tools. They are both from the very same manufacturer, and they're both cordless tools. There are my tools, and there are his tools. And my tools are in much better condition than his tools. So my tools, and the reason is not because I take better care of them. The reason is because he does it for a living. So he works with his tools, and his saws get used and used hard. They get well used. So they bear the marks of that use. My tools look nice, but as often as not, my batteries are dead because they only go from, hey, I need to hang a picture. So I grab my screw gun and I do what I need to do. And then I plug the battery back in. And that battery never really gets the workout that it needs. So it's only going to rise to the level that it's and so if I were to present my tools later, can you imagine presenting those tools to God later and say, aren't my tools wonderful? He could say, yeah, your tools are in really terrific condition. The batteries are only so-so, but they could take his tools and say, look at what you've built. Look at what you've built. And for me, I can show them 12 pictures that I hung and maybe a couple, you know, every time I tighten the doorknobs in the, down the hall, it's handy to have those tools at the ready, but when you're building things, when you're constructing things, and that's what Peter says, look, you're not going to be fully fulfilled until 
you get out into the world. And that's going to mean you're going to take the knocks. You're going to get, you're going to need the perseverance. So you have to add to your faith the virtue. You had to add to the virtue the perseverance. You have to add to the perseverance self-control, and that's a biggie. Then you have to add to yourself. Before you even get to brotherly love, you have to just have kindness, brotherly kindness. And that's like step four. He's like, whoa, aren't we already kind? He said, you don't know how to be kind the way that Jesus is kind until you've added all these things. Is your kindness based on, uh, does your kindness have caveats or an out clause? Well, I'll be kind if they're kind to me, and I'll love if they're lovely, and I'll... Well, that's why why he talks about knowledge first, because when you get the knowledge that who you are in Christ, all that comes natural. Who you are in Christ, the virtue of Christ, the virtue of who Jesus was, you get that knowledge and you read and you you get more knowledge of who he was and who he is. Paul Paul looks at it in Romans 5. Right. You know, and and it's the same thing, but almost kind of backwards. Okay. Uh, this This is not the King James Version. Not only that. But we rejoice in our suffering, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Then that's it looking it from the other end. If we were going eight up, that's the way that is. Awesome. Because if these things are yours, mm-hmm. if they're yours, uh, these are the questions that we have to ask. You know, when Peter said, I was stupid enough to say to Jesus, I am ready when I wasn't, but I am smart enough to know that I have lack and I have needs and my needs are met by him. So I have to add to my godliness, brotherly kindness, and to that brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours and they abound, which Joe said earlier means what? If these things abound, what does that mean? If they're obvious in your life. They're obvious in your life. Okay, so if these things are yours and they abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. You will know, and Paul writes, you will know the depth of his love. You will know the height of his love. You will know all that is necessary. And the word knowledge is to know by experience. You will not be unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he who lacks these things is short-sighted. Even the blindness. That means he's got, like, I, I wear prescription glasses because I can't read things that are up close. When I have my glasses on, my specifically my readers, I am definitely short-sighted. Everything outside of three feet from my, my face is blurry. <laughs> and I cannot safely drive a car wearing just these reading glasses. That would be very, uh, that would not be wise to do that. But he who lacks these things is short-sighted. Not, not as though he doesn't have any ability to see, but almost to the point of being blind, which means his sight is useless. He said, you guys have been given not only the ability to see, 
but you but can you see far down the road. Right far down the road. And that's mm. really, it's like you guys are driving in a fog. You ever drive in fog? That is yeah. truly terrifying. And if you can't see far mm. down the road. Fog lights don't work either. Yeah. No, don't. Yeah. Fog lights are just there to, Nothing to, to be comfortable, yeah. to give you some form of comfort. But oh, it's like driving in a snowstorm. Uh, I, I I would drive on back to Baltimore from Pittsburgh in snowstorms at, at times. It's terrifying when you can't see far enough down the road. And that's what God wants you to do. God says, you know I know what, what's coming. You know that I know that, right, because I'm God and you've accepted that. I want you to know what's coming. I'm not going to leave you in the debt. In the dark. I don't want you to be nearsighted. I want you to have some depth to your to your sight and to your walk. Yeah, it's like a a, a light unto my feet. But I think as we grow more in the Lord, I think he he can take that that lamp down the road a little bit further. Yeah, it, it, we go from a seeing black and white to color. When you get to the, when you get the knowledge of who Jesus is and who you're it, being it conformed. Feels, it, it becomes clearer. Right, but it, also a living color. I mean, we, we all see, we all see different, you know, a lot of people who think they're Christian, who say they're Christian, who say, and they're not born again. Well, they can, they're like seeing in black and white, let's say. But when you accept Jesus Christ, your Savior, you grow, as we're talking about, you kind of get all kind of, all of a sudden it's living color all of a sudden. Everything gets depth to it. Everything gets color to it. It gets, oh, this is great, this life. I, I think I get the depth the, is what it is. Yeah. You're a cyclops that sees in black and <laughs> the white. cyclops. Right. Yeah. And then when someone says it's all the way down the road, you can't judge how far down the road it is because you have no depth. Mm-hmm. But, he, you know, when he gets in here in verse 9 and he, and he says, uh for he who lacks these things, short-sighted even the blindness, he has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Before we get to be diligent, it says, If these things are yours and abound, you will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. You're going to be able to see clearly. But he who lacks these things is short-sighted even the blindness because he's forgotten. See, God has never left us without these things. He has told us, I want you to have these things and to use them. And all of these things, remember, you're talking about not just faith, because faith is great, virtue, and that virtue, knowledge, and then self-control, and perseverance, and godliness, Mm -hmm. then brotherly kindness. And how many times are we quick to judge our brothers because, like, oh, man, that guy just rubs me the wrong way. Sometimes if I hear one more time, oh, my goodness, that makes me crazy <laughs> because we've, we've lost all of the first and we've forgotten what it's like to be in that position where, look, I'm just trying to fit in. I'm just trying to somehow work out my faith with fear and trembling. How can you help me work out my faith with fear and trembling? And we recognize that we need to demonstrate the self-control and the perseverance and the godliness. And we're like, well, I got my godliness. Why isn't he? He's been walking with the Lord longer than I have. Well, he may have been walking with the Lord longer than you have, but maybe he struggles in some areas. Or he hasn't gone through all these steps. Or he hasn't gone through all those steps. Maybe he hasn't added to his faith virtue. Maybe he hasn't added to the virtue virtue knowledge. knowledge. Maybe he's added that... And he certainly hasn't added wisdom, mm-hmm. 
Mm -hmm. may have all the head knowledge, but he's not wise enough to know what to speak or when to say it. He certainly has not added to that knowledge self-control. So we who have grown to that level of maturity, what do we do to our brother? Mm -hmm. And sometimes we say, I want nothing to do with him, and we Mm -hmm. walk away. We could do that, Mm -hmm. or we could go help our brother. Because in, I mean, Peter, he could say to these people, he's like, why are you acting like this? What's wrong with you? I gave you the truth. The last time I was there, didn't you read my first letter to you? Go back, read First Peter. When you read First Peter, I've told you all these things were going to come. Buck up. Buttercup. Stop. <laughs> yeah, buck up, buttercup. <laughs> Stop being so, you know, wishy-washy. Weak in your whiny. Mm-hmm. These things are going to happen. So, but, but in the middle of it, you can be an effective tool for other people. How do you? Well, you need to add to these things. And you need to work on your relationship, and you need to. And nowhere in here does he say you need to point out the flaw in your brother, mm-hmm. and you need to Do make the sure ritual. that. So yeah, if we're if we're we're looking at this, and we're we're talking to we're talking to uh, somebody who's new, who's just got saved. We're talking to someone who's been walking with the Lord for a long time and feels they want to. They're now they're afraid. Okay, how much knowledge do I need? Speak to that. How much knowledge do you need? I know it's, you know, you go to college one day at a time, you get knowledge as you go. So you don't know the whole Bible or all this or everything you need to know in a blink of an eye. It doesn't happen like that to any of us. I can tell you, I, I, I know that the desire to know more has never faded in my life. That from the very first time the Bible opened up to me, and that was, I was a Christian for years before the Bible opened up to me, because I didn't do what Peter told his followers to do. I went to church, and I went to church, and I felt good, and I sang in the choir, and I did everything I was supposed to. I was a member, I got baptized, and I made sure I gave regularly. You did the the rules that were laid out. I did the rules. I'm a good rule follower, because I wanted to be right, and and when I stood before God, I I wanted to be able to—I didn't think I was actually going to hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant. That was reserved for other people. But I believed I was going to hear, come on in, Vince, I know who you are. <laughs> That's what I expected to see. You sit over in I, the corner. When I met Jesus. Oh, good. I, I know I'm in. I, I could have done better, and I should have done more. I should have run my race like, like Paul. I'm not going to be over there with him, but at least I'm not going to be over there with those guys. <laughs> that, that's kind of the way I felt. Or down there with those guys. I'm never going to be down there because I'm safe. So, I, I mean, that was kind of the way I—, I But one day, um, I'm watching my wife, and she said to me these words, and the word, you know, uh, God speaks to me through his word. And, you know, when the Word comes alive, and I'm like, honey, I don't get it. The Word does not come alive to me. I try to read the Bible, and it's just in—and I love to read. I'm, I am a reader, yeah. I, and at any given time, I have three books open, because I'm, I'm usually reading three books. And when I'm—so I like to learn. One of them is almost always just for knowledge. One is almost always— uh, recreational information gathering. You know, mm-hmm. Rud- Rudyard Kipling currently, just because mm-hmm. I like some of his works. Okay, great. So as I'm going through these things, and I'm starting to read, and I'm starting to learn, I'm starting, these things make sense. As I read the Bible, the information makes sense, but it didn't come alive like my it didn't, like it, it did for my wife. So that's when I said, 
I don't understand. And my wife said to me, why don't you go talk to the pastor? So I went to go talk to the pastor. And I said, the Holy Spirit's been tugging on my heart. And I didn't know really what that meant, but I knew that I needed to change something. And I saw that she had a better, I'll use the words now, she had a better walk with the Lord, and the pastor had a better walk with the Lord, and people around me seemed to get it, and I don't get it. And he said, well, let's help you get on a good course of study of the Bible. And I thought, I've been studying the Bible my whole life. And no, I'd been reading the Mm -hmm. Bible my whole life. But I never really studied the Bible to get to know what it said. So he then started me on a course of study and a commentary to help me understand one particular book. And as you start in almost any book with a good commentary for understanding— the word came alive. Mm-hmm. And once the word came alive, there's no going back. And now I've just the hunger and thirst. But but the it word. wasn't the commentary itself. The commentary unlocked the door that the spirit could open that you can go through. See, because that's well said. Because the commentary was an excellent commentary. It was a very, very short, narrow couple of spotty sentences uh, about each section of scripture. It wasn't a preaching on it. Mm -hmm. And that was excellent for me. And then the next tool that I bought was called the Thompson Chain Reference Bible. Mm -hmm. And the Thompson Chain, just for you guys who may be listening, the Thompson Chain Reference Bible, when there's a word that you want to know, like virtue, and you want to look that up, the Thompson Chain Reference Bible will take you into, with a little number, you can follow along where that is in the Bible, and the Bible will point to the Bible to tell you how to define the word and understand the context Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. of that section of Scripture. And the Bible taught me the Bible. I I mean, I don't want to necessarily say it was, you know, guys like Wolverd Mm -hmm. or J. Vernon McGee. They're wonderful Bible Mm -hmm. expositors Mm -hmm. and teachers, Mm -hmm. but the Bible taught me the Bible. The Thompson chain was when you go in there and you're digging through and you're like, I really don't understand. Add to your add to your faith virtue. Why do I have to add to my faith virtue? Look up virtue and what it means. Look up faith and what it means. Look up knowledge and what it means. And knowledge means to know by experience. Do I know by experience that Jesus Christ is my do I know by have I added to these things? And then you start to see that there's there's necessary order that God started with the faith and he ended with the love. Mm-hmm. So it's not, add to your faith love. He said, add to your faith knowledge <laughs> on top of the virtue. Wait, I need to know? Yeah, because love yeah. is not just yes. warm feelings. <laughs> what do you say, duckies and bunnies? Yeah, duckies and bunnies. <laughs> love is much deeper than that. Mm. If you go into a marriage with just saying, hey, you know, as long as it feels good, we're going to stay married. Some days it don't feel good. S- uh, it's hard because we're on the air. I have every day is wonderful, and yes. it's, it's unicorns and duckies and bunnies, bunnies. every day, <laughs> unless you're sick or ill. But or I have heard. Like <laughs> <laughs> now, come on. There are days when my wife has to choose to love me. Yep, that's a fact. Days, sometimes it's protracted days. She has to choose to love me. That's love without hitting me. And love endures, <laughs> and love is patient, and love is kind, and Dum. love, and there's a whole chapter telling what love is, is. Yeah. because I had a view of I, love. I don't think she ever stops. It's the day that she wants to show that love, or share that love with you. She never stops loving she you. She never stops loving you. You know me. that. She chooses to love you every day. 
but she sometimes she might not be so loving. Right. I, you know, I, 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 I might not be lovely every day. For sure. <laughs> and like then that. she's she, there was she, one day back in 1994. She ducks and says, wasn't. "God, get him," <laughs> <laughs> and God goes, "Dong." That's right. Let God work. But it, it, it all comes down. It all comes down to we're being conformed in the image and likeness of our Lord Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. like it says in Romans eight. Right, it talks about being conformed into the image of, of Jesus. I mean, that's really, really. So you're not barren or unfruitful. Like so it what's, says the, in what's the barrenness and and fruit that you're looking for? No. What fruit are you looking for in your life? Blueberries. Dr. Well, <laughs> yeah, blueberries <laughs> are good, and we're gonna get some raisins. Uh, <laughs> up, love, joy, peace, uh, uh, godliness, goodness. What practical? What practical fruit would you like to see in your life? Um. The, to be able to communicate with people more, the love of Jesus and how Jesus is. You can see Jesus and God working in everything, how to be godly in all the choices that I make in everything that I say. What kind of fruit are you looking for in your life, Joe? Well, I think God is is just amazing how he teaches us through this word that we just read tonight. Because that f- kind of frees us up to understand that we have peace and strength in knowing who God is, who strengthens us. So we're able to go out and be, be out in the real world and be someone that's other-centered, someone that wants to share his love with everyone else. We're not running around trying to get what we can get. We're out there trying to give what we got. I like that. So how are you going to... Add to your faith virtue this week. I get into the word more. I'm 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 looking to translate um, some information that I'm getting out of a secular, from a secular point of view. That's reflecting hints of how can I put it. These guys are talking about what's going on around the world and with people and with the fear. And I typically like to take the information that I see and pass it through the lens and through the filter of Scripture. So I have a tendency that— How's that going to help your character? Your virtue is your character. How's it going to help your character? How my, are you? My, how are you diligently? I, I know I'm putting you on the spot, but you know this is because we were going to talk about this, but it doesn't do any good to talk about it if we're not going to put it into practical application. How are you going to add to your faith virtue this week? How are you going to be more virtuous? Um, more understanding, more patient, mm. less le- less screaming at people, and even in my less? head when I less. yeah less. <laughs> Um, when I see that they're wrong. <laughs> you got to love the honesty of these men. Because here's a man who says, I'm going to scream less. less. <laughs> yes. That's great. Yeah, I mean, you know, you, you'll see, like, why are they doing this? Why are they promoting this falsehood? Why are they promoting this fear? Why are they lying to people? And that gets me kind of bent out of shape. And, and Joe, this over the so, week weeks and months to come how are you going to add to your virtue knowledge <clears throat> well you know what i do and I mean, you're next so how am i going to add knowledge no 
beyond that. Virtue. Uh, oh, for oh, the next one. Oh, you said, how am I going to earn knowledge? Of... Yeah, he had virtue. You do knowledge. Oh, knowledge. Well, knowledge, we're going to talk. We're going to read. You're not going to participate. That's an easy one. You're just going <laughs> to. When I stop yelling at people, I'm going <laughs> <I'm> to start. <laughs> well, my, of course, knowledge. We always go to the word and we always go to reading, to, to having uh, study in the what word. What are you doing? What are you currently doing? What are you, what are you actively well, doing? I, every morning and, and evening, I have um, in the morning I have some three or four different devotionals I do, different readings I do. Uh, I just go back into that continue book and go through that a little bit. Just you know, and then that leads you to other places in the Bible that you study. Then I like to do that. But it's, you know, even more than that, it's it's getting to know people, to know what's going on in their lives, and how you can help them too as part of it. Okay, how are you adding to your knowledge self-control, Doc, this week? Oh, stop yelling. Again, I'm back to the less <laughs> okay. screaming. No. So he's going to scream less. How no, I'm going to I'm going to be un, I'm going to be less upset with with the circumstances that I see people going and the pain that I see people going through. Okay. And be calm about that. And how are you going to add to your self-control perseverance? Self-control and perseverance. Add to your self-control perseverance. How are you going to persevere in the days or weeks to come? Oh, okay. Let me think of that one. I'm going to um, take what I, uh, the virtue, the more virtue I get, the better I can be in persevere by not screaming yelling at the people that doc screaming yells at you know all i get from this room is we're we're just not going to sin as much okay well that's a start but we need to add positives <laughs> so what are the positives? So you add to your perseverance godliness what active steps are you taking this week to be more godly show god more okay to your godliness, uh -oh. what are you going to do to add brotherly kindness? Wow. I got a couple of brothers. Stop screaming. <laughs> Stop screaming. Scream my brother. Well, when I look at brotherly, um, when, when you look at that, that's a broad term. Because we're supposed to be showing the image of God in our hearts and minds by the way we deal with people, the way we talk with people, and how we can be other-centered by you know, we're not the only ones going through stuff. There's a lot of other people going through stuff, so be a little compassion. Have a little compassion for other people's problems and things in their lives and not yell at them when they cut you off on the road. Okay. And how are you going to add to your brotherly <laughs> kindness? Love. Praying for people. Okay. Good. Just pr praying for people and helping people. I can do, I do less now because I'm not working. I could do that on a. Well, that was my job, helping people. Essentially. Well, good. See, because well, well, there's be, no practical application to it, then it's just, well, that was really nice. I'm coming yeah, to church. You have on to Sunday. come to the. Or has to, to be get practical to the application. So what? That's right. You have to get to the so what. So, guys, thanks for allowing me to put you on the spot like oh, this. Oh, yeah. Thanks for Oh, I got sunburn over here. You see, here. a lot of things that we started years ago that I, I'm doing with the Brie and Anyone Project on Instagram. Um, and that's all about. Um, positive outlook in life, a better better outlook in life, a godly outlook in life. Because I do share some things on that, and that's about. Uh, there's a lot of people that are hurting that are looking for ways to, in, to go in life. Um, so with what I do with that, I use that as as a tool 
to uplift people, to show them that there's a godly man that can that uh, is positive. And where do I get that? So I think through what I post is, is things that show. Can, you know, can I? I want to share this. There, there are some people who <clears throat> have represented God well simply because they're nice. <laughs> Do you know that that niceness is a commodity anymore? Mm-hmm. That just being nice. When people come into your home, they notice if you're nice. When people are people notice when you're nice. And they talk about you when you leave the Walmart and they talk about you when you leave the restaurant and they talk about you when you leave the diner. They talk about the people that are nice. They talk about the grumps too. But they talk about the people that are nice. And the people that come in that are nice, they want to be around. Niceness is, I, I, you would think that it would be, be easy. Yeah. And flow. And it doesn't because people are oriented this way. Well, I, I, I have a, a good friends who live up in, I'll call it North Jersey, but it's more like, more like Central Jersey. And the people there are much more gruff. Gruff. So and I thought, this is so weird, because we're talking about people that are in ministry, yet they seem harsh and gruff. And then my wife and I go to this restaurant. It's not a diner. It's a restaurant. And in the restaurant, there's people are, are they're different. They're, they're less nice just as a whole. And one guy takes his coffee cup and says, yo, can I get some coffee over here? Mm-hmm. In the middle of a restaurant, not I mean, at a diner sitting at a counter, you can almost hear him saying, "Hey, when you get a minute." But yo, can I get some coffee over here? Mm-hmm. Uh, my accent is terrible, but you know where I am mm-hmm. when I'm saying it. Mm-hmm. And the waitress from across the restaurant says, "You see, I'm busy. I'll get to you when I get to you." <laughs> And I'm thinking to myself, no wonder these people, that's that's their natural environment and atmosphere in some places. And in that place, that was the natural environment and atmosphere. I'm like, man, well, you know, I like a different atmosphere and environment. I like an atmosphere and environment where people don't shout across restaurants and say, yo, can I get some coffee yo. over here? But they say, "Excuse me, may I have some more coffee?" And the waitress says, "Sure, I'll be just. I'll be with you in a minute." <laughs> Not drop dead, you <laughs> ugly mug. <laughs> but, so, but that, that that's that's. And when you confront them, they look at you and they go, "What? <laughs> what? What? What I say? Why did you talk to the waitress that way? What? <laughs> what? You? Because they don't even see, see it. it. They're yeah. not. And 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 that's and that's godly." godliness that yo can i get some coffee over here is not godly he didn't run that through godliness he ran that through what i want he didn't and remember what godliness is because we look we talk about godliness at great length we want to define terms that godliness or ungodly is taking 
God's principles into consideration right. in what you do. And yo, some coffee over here is not running it through God's. You know, is it sin? Well, for me, it would be sin. But for these individuals, clearly, they do not believe that it's sin because that's because they do not give any weight to God. That he didn't enter the equation at all, like you were saying. Mm-hmm. He didn't break he any of the Ten Commandments. Yeah, he's not in. It's coffee. We got God's <laughs> and a church. I need some. This is coffee. I need and, coffee. That's just the way it is. And I'm most. And she's over there. <laughs> so I gotta catch her attention. I didn't. Yo! I didn't throw nothing. <laughs> nothing. I didn't throw nothing. I wanted to. <laughs> uh, God is good. Yes. So add to your faith virtue. Add to your virtue knowledge. To your knowledge perseverance. As you self control, a big one. Somebody wrote in and texted that uh, you know a person without self control is like a city whose walls are broken down. You're defenseless. It's, mm-hmm. You are prone to failure and attack, so you have to be very, very careful uh, to be uh, in control of yourself all the time. And the tongue, a big deal. That's the one of the of fruits it. of the Spirit. Before you even get to kindness, before you even get to love, you got to have your self-control and your perseverance working mm-hmm. oh, based on knowledge. God is good. Thanks so much for a good session, guys. Yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, let's close in prayer. It is good that uh, we had the Word of God to look to. We thank you for your wisdom, Father, and we ask you to help us to be better. Help us to add to our faith. Help us to continually work to be better. And we give you all the praise. We want to represent Jesus Christ well and give him all the glory. Amen. Amen. Thank you, fellas. I really appreciate your insights.